Σέβια, καθηγούμενε της Ιεράς Μονής Ισπανηγίας Παναγιάτης Γέροντα Πατέρα Στέφανε, προηγούμενε της Αγίας Μονής Παντανάσης, σεβαστοί πατέρες, αγαπητοί αδελφοί, φίλοι και παιδιά, θα μου επιτρέψετε το μεγαλύτερο ποσοστό της ομιλίας μου να το παρουσιάσω στα αγγλικά, όχι να σας περιφρονήσω, αλλά πιστεύω ότι ίσως τα νεότερα παιδιά που είναι αυτά που χειρίζονται το διαδίκτυο και τους γονείς που έχουν αυτή ακόμα την ευθύνη για τα παιδιά τους με όλες τις άλλες είναι πιο απαραίτητο ίσως να ακούσουν στη γλώσσα τους. Φυσικά θα μπορέσω να εξηγήσω και στα ελληνικά και να απαντήσω κάποιες ερωτήσεις αν έχετε. Internet research books Online, where do we go? The internet in and of itself is not necessarily a good or bad thing, but like anything, how we as people, how we as Christians use this resource that is at our disposal. Ironically, I use the internet more than any textbook in preparing for this presentation for you. And what I will try to do is highlight some of the positives with internet research, some of the very few positives, and identify some of the hidden dangers that we encounter. It's aimed, as I said in Greek, more at you, the younger children, and the parents of school-age or university children. There's no doubt that the internet has made the world a smaller place. Those of us old enough to remember research before the internet came along may recall how anxious we may have been racing to libraries, hoping that a particular resource would be there and then finding out that someone had borrowed it or someone had not returned it and needing to repeat the process the next day. That doesn't matter now. Everything's available for us on our laptop. Resources that would have required us to travel by train, by bus, to walk to a library, to go overseas even, are now at our disposal at the click of a button. Electronic libraries and different forums can be accessed from one's own home, from our own studies. We can access everything freely and easily and looking at the younger people here today, I'm sure that we would all race to finish our homework because that gives us more time to do other things. But we'll talk about speed very shortly. Today's society is a busy one, and so the fact that the internet gives us more time is a positive. Parents already have countless responsibilities and commitment, and so the fact that the internet provides a quick and cheap solution to travelling to libraries or having to purchase books from the bookstore 
has allowed internet research to take a significant place in our lives. We can undertake keyword searches, so we don't even have to read a particular chapter anymore, but rather the internet does this all for us, sometimes in less than a second. And so hours of research or reading through chapters of information has been reduced. Colourful interfaces highlight information for us and do allow the brain, yes, they do help us, to better process the information we've learnt. And they provide also links to other resources that support our learning, whether it's through video, motion, sound, or any other media. The ease of navigating from one page to the next has meant that more information is accessed in less time. And as I said earlier, the multimedia sometimes makes this more appealing and interesting. We don't need to be members of a library anymore. We have a library on our laptop. We don't have to worry about having to catch a bus after school, in the rain, in a dangerous area to access information. And we can actually do our research in between chores at home. There's no operating hours. The internet is always open. There's a few advantages and that's about it. And we'll see now that some of those advantages actually aren't advantages at all. But on the surface, they do look good. The most important thing about internet research is knowing how to undertake research and knowing that not everything we read on the internet is accurate. In fact, we can probably assume that most of what we find is inaccurate. As opposed to published materials, published books, which are more accurate, not always entirely. Most search engines, so thinking of the younger people in the audience, many searches that we would undertake, we undertake with Google, Yahoo or MSN. These are advertisement driven. They direct you to pages that pay for them to direct you there. And so, when we undertake keyword searches, these search engines preference their findings according to sponsorship and advertising dollars. I used to joke with my students, if you're undertaking a Google or Yahoo search, don't look at any page from the first 10 that are listed. Scroll down that list along Google. And I think those of you who've undertaken research on the internet would be aware that some of what we find is irrelevant at best. Πρέπει να έχουμε υπόψη μας ότι το διαδίκτυο είναι το μέρος στο οποίο πιο πολύ από οποιοδήποτε άλλο μέρος οι άπιστοι και οι άθιοι χλεβάζουν τους πιστούς, την Εκκλησία του Χριστού και βλασφημούν το Θεό μας εν ονόματι της ελεύθερης έκφρασης. Και αυτό γιατί ο καθένας έχει τη δυνατότητα να δημιουργήσει ό,τι είδους ιστοσελίδα θέλει. Δεν υπάρχουν κανονισμοί, δεν ελέγχει κανένας. The internet, more than any other place, 
is the place where our faith, our God, are mocked mercilessly, all in the name of freedom of speech. Hard research topics, real research for older students. You're probably looking for something written by well-credentialed experts. These often require payment or at least membership for you to access their site. And without meaning to cause offence or to assume things, I would be surprised if many of us actively search for these. Targeted or specific study, what we call hard research topics, nearly always require payment before you can access them. These resources are better than most of the things we find on the internet, but are normally hosted by exclusive web pages and are not freely available. While the information from these sites is generally accurate, it is not available to those outside the specialist circle. Ultimately, these sites are difficult to find because children do not know how to access them, and more often than not, they do not appear on the first few search pages. And if they did by chance appear, many children wouldn't know how to use them. Some government and media sources contain biased and or misleading information. Websites aimed at the general public are always biased and so content cannot be always trusted. And we just need to look at some of the reporting from world events as we speak and hearing the biased and unfair opinions expressed. Even dedicated websites like those who claim to be orthodox, such as Orthodox Wiki, for example, among many, have much questionable information. There's more, however, with regards to dangers on the internet than inaccurate information because inaccurate information can be corrected and accurate information can be taught. There are some greater dangers, not only to our learning, but also to our lives. Among the biggest problems for our learning, it's funny to see some of the students around the room giggle, um, I haven't been teaching that long, but let me just say that I actually don't think that students or children are more intelligent because of the internet. I actually don't think we're smarter because we have this. It actually disempowers you from learning. It stops you learning because everything is so quick and easy. Copy and paste syndrome. Let's be honest, we've all probably done it once or twice or more. A sentence, a paragraph, a good essay. The sky's the limit. In terms of our learning, when one is sifting through web pages, one faces the temptation to simply copy entire blocks of information and pasting it into a Word document. That's what we do. It's easy, it's there. The search engine told us this is relevant, told us this is important. And this often makes us think that we're finished. 
But the reality is that what we have in front of us and where we need to be are two different things. Because we found it on the net, and it has to be true, we don't even check to see if we've addressed the issue. But in terms of our learning, let's not forget that we need to interact with our content. We need to read, we need to reflect, to question, to discuss what we have found. And this can't be done if I think I'm finished because I copied and pasted a few paragraphs. I'm not interacting with my learning. As much as it's taking me longer, I'm not learning. Evidence is starting to show more and more that because everything is there ready for us, we're not learning because our brain isn't processing information. And the tip, as an educator, print out relevant information, read through notes, form your own opinion, then and only then can you begin to synthesize information and begin to write your work. The learning journey is more important than the end result. The processing of information that occurs with traditional research, reading through a number of sources, which is sometimes quite repetitive, is more effective because concepts and ideas are reinforced, although they're expressed in different ways. This cut and paste phenomenon is increasing in school-age children who now complete tasks in minimal time, trusting that what they have is relevant because of some keywords, but really learning nothing about the topic at hand. This is indicative of contemporary society, when everything needs to be done quickly and easily. Fast research, fast food, one-line jokes, fast everything. We've lost sight of the journey, appreciating the process and growing it. We forget the challenges that are in our path are there for our benefit. We forget that they improve us. This is why some of these so-called Christian churches appear quite often enticing our young children with a feel-good, no-commitments Christianity. Just do it quickly, do it now, confess your faith today, and everything's okay. What about Jesus' invitation to whoever desires to come after him to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow? Like the Christian life is one of hard work, one of effort, so too is everything that is worthwhile in life. And that includes our learning. Ideally, students will handwrite their responses or essays and then type them up. There's evidence, scientific evidence. This isn't teacher talk. The real evidence points to the brain processing information better when we write, more so than when we type. Contemporary education theory and practice focus on incorporating different strategies in presenting information, using song, colour, movement, discussion and other means. While there's no doubt that different learning styles benefit different strategies, nothing beats the 
old, in inverted commas, traditional, again in inverted commas, or boring dictation. In this type of activity, information is processed more efficiently as a student hears, sees, and writes in one. As traditional or old-fashioned as this may sound, it's a very effective way to learn. And for those who may attack me, I remind them that this strategy assists auditory, visual, and kinesthetic learners. Isolation. For years, educational psychologists have been speaking about the benefits of groups working together, group learning. With most internet research, it's, taken, it's undertaken individually, and so group learning doesn't exist. Interaction with the content doesn't occur. There's no discussion of information, nor does one interact with information in a meaningful way. Words and phrases cannot be underlined or highlighted, and where this can be done, we get carried away with bold and underlined and changing font and changing colours and everything else. Group work, interaction with peers and information is important in learning. This can't be done alone in front of a computer screen. While study with friends is not always productive, let's be honest, who wants to study when they've got friends around to talk to? There's no doubt that discussion and exchange of ideas are essential in the learning process. The underlining of words, highlighting, all aid in processing information and memory because these ideas now stand out. And if I can give an example of our Archbishop, His Eminence Archbishop Stylianos, and his personal library that has been offered to the Theological College and is in the Great Hall, there is no book that he has worked through that does not have lines, paragraphs, and sometimes even pages underlined. In this way, interacting with his learning. We sometimes wonder how one person can know so much, can be so intelligent. We need only to look at his learning style. What can we say about distractions? Not only on the internet, but also on our computer. Nearly every website, and I would have to say 99%, that I've visited in the last month, have some form of advertising. Some of this is harmless, yes. It's only an attempt to get me to buy something that I don't really need. But sometimes it's tasteless, inappropriate, and I would say criminal. Then there's the temptation to maybe just check the cricket score. We'll see what's happening with the soccer. Harmless, again. But this interferes with our learning. Even if we open one of these pages just for a few seconds, we've lost our train of thought. We can no longer retain our information. Then there's other great things on our computer. 
Maybe it's the movies we've got stored on our hard drive, or songs. Maybe it's other websites, like YouTube or movies, or anything else. Maybe it's Facebook or Twitter. Maybe it's Instagram. Maybe it's just our email or messenger. But all of these stop us from learning. Because our mind is ultimately on them. And the notification we received. And I wonder who that's from. And I think I should respond to this email now. There's no doubt that there's some useful things on YouTube. But let's be honest, most of it's rubbish. Given that many times we as parents may not approve of what our children want to watch on TV. Our children, under the guise of study, in their computer, in their room, are watching something else or doing something that's not beneficial. You may say to me, but I'm sensible. I'm strong in my convictions. I'm disciplined enough to focus on my research. I don't care what's flashing next to the information I'm looking at. The reality is that we don't need to go looking for dangers in online research. They come looking for us. And the next few slides we'll look at will highlight that. Thinking ahead at who the audience would be, I was very selective and these are really a walk in the park compared to what could have happened and what could have been displayed. I was searching for some topics with a nine-year-old, my daughter, for her schoolwork. I couldn't display what two other searches gave. All we were looking for was personal development resources, PDHPE. All the kids in the room do it or have done it. You'll notice there that some highly inappropriate things came up. And with my apologies to everyone in the room, the search term most looked for on the internet is sex. So anything that depraved marketers can link to that, they will. And so simply looking for personal development resources, which appeared there, less appropriate things came up. This is from a church website endorsed by the Church of Greece. Και όπως βλέπετε, ο τίτλος της σελίδας του θέματος είναι «Ο μοναχός από το Σινά και το θαύμα στη Θεία Λειτουργία» βλέπετε απάνω κάτι ακατάλληλο. Και δεν θέλει κάποιος να το ανοίξει, αλλά ο πειρασμός είναι εκεί μπροστά του. Και κατά λάθο μπορεί κάποιος να ανοίξει 
κάτι ακατάλληλο, κάτι αμαρτωλό, κάτι κακό, κάτι χιδαίο, όπως βλέπετε, γιατί έχουν και αυτοί τα κόλπα τους και εμείς νομίζοντας ότι θα κλείσουμε αυτό που ανοίγει μπροστά μας, μας συνδέει με κάτι χειρότερο, με κάποια άλλη σελίδα. Those of you who are more internet aware and more tech savvy would know that sometimes in us thinking that we're trying to close one of these web pages, it actually opens it, takes us to a, a worse page, a worse look. And so you and I are careful with regards to what we search for, but sometimes it's there anyway. The next page will drive you out of your skin. I was preparing for the vigil of St. Matthew and St. Iphigenia, which we served at Bankstown on Friday evening. And I was looking for the service of St. Iphigenia, since Deacon Dimitri brought the icon and we would process the icon. And in the page that hosted the life and service of the church, you see the shameless advertising. I don't know what to say. You can see the danger there. You do not have to enter anything inappropriate or dangerous. It will find you. And so our parents telling us to read a book, our parents telling us to do things the right way, which we call the hard way or the old-fashioned way, where we have two or three books in front of us. And we research and we underline and we start taking notes. Is safe, yes. It will take you longer, yes, but you won't see that And you don't have to explain to mum and dad when they walk in and you were trying to close a page and that was there. And worse still, because mum and dad will understand you. The temptation that's now entered your mind and entered your heart and may enter your soul won't be there. So what do we do? There's so much of this going on around us. I have a daughter in year one and she has to use the internet for mathematics. Those who are still at school know what mathematics is. So I've got a six-year-old accessing my laptop so she can type in mathematics and so a page can come up. Now there's nothing on my favourites that she'll find that's inappropriate, but what if she misspells something? Or what if something inappropriate comes up? More and more children seeing psychologists and counsellors because they accessed something violent or graphic are being treated. Nine-year-olds and ten-year-olds who saw something inappropriate and have been affected and are now sick because of it. What can we do? As parents, as Christians, 
we have the responsibility to help our children to think in a Christian way, to be aware of the dangers that they'll encounter. Don't let your children work in their own room. And kids, I know everyone wants to do things on their own in their room. It's not safe. Your room with your computer is the most dangerous place in Australia. Really. Set up children's study area in clear sight. We all talk about, oh, but they need silence and they need their own space. Yes, they do. But in their own space, we can't guarantee their safety. Yes, they will do nothing wrong. No, they will not look for something inappropriate. Yes, we can trust our children. Because we raise them in a Christian home with Christian ideals. But even accidentally, they may encounter this. Upgrade the security settings as much as you can on your computer. As much as I would love to stand here and say, stop your kids using the internet. I'm a teacher. If I taught maths, I would be saying they need an internet connection to two mathletics. And the moment you turn your back, anything can happen. Upgrade your computer. Upgrade it. Security settings and all else you can do. Encourage your children to report things that are inappropriate. Contact the web designer. So when you access a church website that's advertising something shameless, email them. Maybe they don't know it's there. Don't blame the child. Heal the child. Empower them not to suffer again. And as much as this will be a burden to parents and children, you probably don't want to hear this, encourage children to read information. Buy books. At least print notes so that they can underline and so that they can write drafts and then, and only then, hand in that type of draft that the teacher asked for. You might say to me, you said earlier you used the internet to do that. You walk around carrying a laptop. Yes, I do. I don't think I go anywhere without my laptop. But I also try to have my kids see me holding a book. I make sure that when I read, I do some reading in front of them every day so that they can copy. And I make sure they have a book next to them. And maybe it's a page. Maybe it's a couple of pages or a chapter that they read. Encourage them to write in their books, to underline. I remember being horrified as a young child when I saw a Bible that had passages highlighted, that had passages underlined, and I had to run to tell my parents. And I remember my parish priest at the time 
Father Christovolo, who said that that was a good Bible. And I sort of thought, how can there be a bad one? He said, that one's been used. But we don't do that anymore. Because we no longer carry a book with us, let alone the Bible. Θα μου πείτε, είναι τόσο δραματικό, είναι τόσο επικίνδυνο το διαδίκτυο. Όπως είδατε δεν πρέπει κάποιος να ψάξει για κάτι ακατάλληλο, αλλά επειδή η κάθε σελίδα του διαδικτύου διαφημίζει κάτι και επειδή δεν λέγεται δεν λέγεται ποιο είναι το σωματείο που υποστηρίζει και χρηματοδοτεί το διαδίκτυο, η κάθε σελίδα είναι επικίνδυνη. Να προτείνετε στα παιδιά σας, ενώ τα σχολεία τους, ενώ η κοινωνία, ενώ οι φίλοι, τους πρόχνουν να κάνουν έρευνες και τα πάντα γρήγορα, εύκολα. Πολλές φορές ακούω work smarter, not harder. Επειδή αυτό έχει γίνει πια η κραυγή της κοινωνίας, προσπαθήστε όσο μπορείτε να επιστρέψετε τα παιδιά σας, τα εγγόνια σας σε μια πιο εύκολη καθαρή και λιγότερο επικίνδυνη εποχή. There's no doubt that the internet helps us. Let's not forget that it was via the internet that the Holy Monastery of Pandanasa fought for the rights of marriage with the campaign the email campaign. But let's be aware of the dangers. And although we might feel that we are spiritually strong enough, aware enough, let's not forget that there are other people driving the internet that are equally aware of how easy it is for temptation to come to us. Θα αφήσουμε λίγο καιρό για ερωτήσεις. Αν έχετε οι μεγαλύτεροι, ίσως και τα παιδιά, if you have some questions, we'll have that opportunity now. that uh, it's mostly the ads in the web pages that uh, are going to misdirect. And there is ad blocking software that you can purchase and install, which I think would probably be a, a very good investment uh, for your home computers. With the ad blocking, um, as you said, that's a very good resource. 
Um, and there's also the pop-up blockers, but some of those that came up were actually sponsored by the host because they, they actually advertised it. There's nothing you and I can do to remove it. Seeing the page we want to access comes with seeing what's next to it. If it was a different type of advertisement, uh, ad blockers and pop-up blockers, keep them away. But that's actually part of the website. They pay to be there. Like um, when you go to, I don't know, the football, uh, you actually pay not only to see the game in front of you, but the beer sponsors and every other sponsor who's there. You can't have the spectacle minus the, the web page, uh, minus the advertisement. Thank you for your talk, Father. Uh, I was of the view that um, with the ads that are on websites, like Google Ads, for example, you can go to uh, Google and tailor the ads that you want to receive because they collect information. And if they, if you've used the internet for to to put information, for example, if you're purchasing something or you put your age in there or gender, then they'll tailor the ads. Uh, so you can, perhaps one solution could be that people can go in and, and change the details that's collected by the internet regarding themselves and select what type of ads you want. And one way you can do that, for example, is one thing says that you can change the age, the recommended age, and then put yourself under five or under eight. <laughs> uh, and you might get a few toy ads. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Um, in terms of what might appear on uh, Google or Yahoo or MSN page, um, that's what we need to do. But with the, the page, for example, that I access the service of St. Iphigenia is a blog. Father, if Sevio Father, if Sevio recommends that for those who, uh, like me, aren't as aware of how we can limit ads that appear for us, um, there is a way that we can limit uh, the exposure of some of the uh, advertisements or the type of advertisement that comes to us. Thank you, Father. So thank you, Father. Father Yelanda, it so happens that I was going to ask you to address the gathering of young men and women and boys and girls here. If, if, can you please come and address them and say what you, whether it's about this matter or some other, perhaps after the questions. We'll return to you, Father. 
Does, does anyone have any other questions for Father Peter? There's a question back there. Oh, to the right. Ελάτε πιο κοντά, κύριε Δημήτρη, να σας δώσω το μικρόφωνο να σας ακούσουμε πιο, πιο ωραία. Ελάτε. We do not repay as Christians evil for evil. Ναι, πρέπει να διαμαρτυρηθούμε, αλλά ο τρόπος μας που θα διαμαρτυρηθούμε σαν χριστιανοί διαφέρει από τον τρόπο που θα διαμαρτυρηθεί κάποιος άλλος. Ευχαριστούμε, Πατέρα Παναγιώτη. Thank you, Father. has reminded us once again the dangers that exist on the internet. young couples meetings. Uh, 
Βεβαίω, ε, αυτά που, εί, που είπε ο πατήρ Παναγιώτης είναι σημαντικά και τα έχουμε ξαναπεί. Το ίντερνετ να μην υπάρχει στα δωμάτια των παιδιών. Δεν χρειάζεται να υπάρχει στο τηλέφωνο. Καλύτερα να είναι τα computers σε χώρο μέσα στο σπίτι, το οποίο οι γονεί μπορούν να παρακολουθήσουν. Ε, να υπάρχουν τα software packages, τα security και αυτά και τα άλλα που μπορούν να προστατεύσουν τα παιδιά και, ό, και, ό, και όλων μας. Uh, it's good to have the, uh, as we've mentioned before, the young couple seminars to have the uh, the computers in a in a location in the house or a public space, whether it be in a lounge room or a specific study area, as Father Panagioti mentioned, so that uh, the parents can uh, uh, keep an eye on what's happening. Also, to have the relevant security software, which to a certain degree prevent some of these some of the material coming up but by no means all and there's and there's no need for and we need to be careful for for young children to have access to the internet on their phones which is another major problem but also the studying the Word of God. Και πνεύμα μαθητίας, όπως είχαμε πει σε μια ολιμολία πριν λίγο, to have the spirit of learning is important from, from the perspective that mere information alone, especially regarding our faith, is not all that helpful. Uh, our faith and uh, using, uh, whether it be the internet or other uh, sources, has to be more than just uh, intellectual gymnastics or cerebral exercises. But we have to allow the, the, the books that we read, the scriptures that we read, to move us emotionally and to capture our hearts. and to put it into practice so that we can then uh, move away from the age of information to an age of a different age, which is of putting into practice uh, our faith on a day-to-day -day basis. The uh, Pharisees had lots of information. They wanted to be teachers of the people. They had the knowledge but they didn't have the spirit of learning. And as uh, you all know, Christ's uh, words were these people, uh, forget the quote now, these, these people uh, respect me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other words, in other words, tutos, but in other words, I do not know you and you do not know me. This is perhaps, I'm certain, the big, one of the biggest problems that we have in our times. It's an old age disease which exists from the days of Christ and that we don't allow 
or make an effort to put into practice our faith so that we may feel the presence and the joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that we may become vessels of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual life is life in and by the Holy Spirit. And in, in order for us to move down that path, we need to put into practice, to have active uh, sacramental life, to have the desire to live according to God's Word, and to not sadden the Holy Spirit, as Apostle Paul says. And in that way, the era of information becomes for us, all that information becomes for us the era of salvation. And this is the, the meaning of the fast that we've just entered now. The church is asking us to tighten our belts, to roll up our sleeves, to monitor our daily program, to increase the time that we spend with Him, whether it be reading or praying, whether it be attending church services. In this way, by struggling through the fast, with fasting, with prayer, with sacrifices, we begin to taste the honey of the Holy Spirit, the reward of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And this is what transforms the Christian. And this is where then we, when we read, when we research, when we read the scriptures, when we read patristic books, we see things differently. We perceive deeper meanings. And we, uh, our relationship with others around us change. I won't go into more detail, but I think you understand what I'm referring to. So, may I uh, say thank you again to Padre Panayoti and wish you all a good struggle for the period of fast. Kaloa Gona Yetin Nistia, Ke Sindoma Naftasoneta Christogena, Kimis Prematica Etimi, Nadechthumidon Christo Adelfi. May Christmas come quickly and may we all be ready to receive Christ in our hearts. This means we need to struggle, roll up our sleeves. And the rewards will be great and you'll be filled with joy, all of us. Let's no one miss this opportunity. Yerda, thank you, Yerda and Sylvia. The youngest here, girls, maybe, you may go to the back now, with your word earlier. Not outside, just yes, unless you're instructed to do so. Boys and girls who are hoping, please.